0: Chapter 20, Cliffhanger. Luke fifteen thirty one and 32. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. When I was a little kid, knowing God made sense. All the religious stuff I knew fit neatly into a very small box inside my head. I understood, or thought I understood, what God expected of me. My religion was all very tidy and orderly. I could tell you who was in and who was out. I knew who was saved and who wasn't, even if they called themselves quote unquote Christians. I knew the particular scriptures we treasured, I knew where to find them in the book, and I knew how to use them on the people who needed them most. I knew that we were supposed to be different from everyone else, and that made sense. I think we treasured the differences because, in a way, they told us who we were. As I got older, my religion that used to make so much sense to me began to break down. I remember this one day in the eighth grade, I got out of school and went skateboarding around town with a few of my friends. We stole some cigarettes from a gas station and acted like hellions for a few hours before I had to meet my parents at the church for a fellowship dinner, youth choir practice, and the Wednesday church service. When I got to the church, I went to a bathroom way down in the depths of the building near the custodian's office. I wrapped the remaining cigarettes in a paper towel and threw them in the trash. I washed my face, ate about 50 breath mints that we had also stolen from the gas station to cover up the smell of the smoke. And then I literally changed clothes, stuffing the smoky ones in a plastic bag in my backpack. And after all these theatrics, I walked upstairs to eat food with all the saved people who were, you know, just like me. None of these things I was doing were like federal crimes or anything, but in the world of my church, they were definitely damnable sins. At some point, I realized I was actually having to transform myself to be a part of my church. I had to put on fake layers in order to be acceptable in that world. I became an actor when I walked into God's house. One of the problems was... I kind of liked the other me better than the church version of me. And I wasn't allowed to stop going to church. So in order to cope with the incongruity, I just turned on the fraud thing and cranked it all the way up. Worst part is, it worked. (laughs) None of the church people ever knew who I really was. But I knew something was wrong. I was two people at one time. And truth be told, I kind of hated it. When I got a little older and started reading the whole Bible for myself, I was shocked to find out that Jesus was always fighting with the church people and then hanging out with the sinners. The more I read, the more I realized that Jesus's issue with these really religious people was that they looked good on the outside, but they were a rotting mess on the inside. Ouch. They cared about following rules, but mostly they cared about the ones they were already and kind of naturally good at following. They were all about putting on a good show. Jesus called them hypocrites, which is just a Greek word that means actor. Whoa, that was me. I was an actor on the outside. I had everybody fooled on the inside. I was rotting and hating it. When Jesus told his threefold story in Luke 15, He was answering this allegation that he was a friend of sinners. In a way, he was explaining himself to the religious leaders who had accused him. He was saying, This is the way I see the people you hate. This is how I love them. This is how I pursue them. He told them about a shepherd who lost a sheep, a woman who lost a coin, and a man who lost a son. The shepherd got his sheep back, the woman found her coin, and the lost son came back home. All three of them threw huge parties to celebrate, and they all lived happily ever after, except for one person. You see, the story about the lost son goes on. Because the son who ran away and came back home had a brother who was working hard in the fields. When he heard the sounds of the party, he asked some servants what that noise was, and they told him everything. He became angry and then refused to go in. When his dad left the party to find him, this bitter son said, I have slaved my whole life for you. You never threw me a party, but this son of yours wastes everything on prostitutes, and you pull out all the stops. You know, the funny thing here is how much this speech sounds like all the things that that prodigal son said before he left home. He talked about slavery. He talked about disowning the family. Man, this older brother, he's just like his little brother used to be. The dad begged him to come into the party saying, everything I have is yours. The weird thing here is is that Jesus didn't finish the story. He didn't ever say whether or not the older angry son comes into the party. It's a cliffhanger. What's going to happen? Are we going to get another season of the show? I think Jesus ended the story this way because he's asking them and he's asking us a question. The question is, are you willing to look at yourself in the mirror Are you willing to see that you are just the same as everyone else? Are you willing to admit you're a mess inside and you need to be rescued? Do you want to give up the act and just come on into the party? Jesus was about to be cast out so that we could come in. He was the son who never ran away. He was the one who came as the slave of all to make us sons and daughters of God. I finally got to a place where I became sick and tired of pretending. And it was the sweetest day. Are you over it yet? Aren't you ready for a party? I'll tell you this. Admitting that you're just like everyone else is about the most freeing feeling in the world. And as soon as you're really willing to see yourself, you'll be ready to see him Once you see both yourself and him, you are welcome to come on in to the party that never ends. For more on this, get yourself to a quiet place. Read Luke 15, 25 through 32 and Matthew chapter 23. What is a specific place in your life where you recognize how much you need to be rescued? What do you need Jesus to do for you? Go ahead, surrender to Him. How does it feel to stop trying to pretend?